You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Glad you're here today. Been an interesting past week. Lots of great and interesting things went on. I'm looking forward to what's next. Um, So we just finished the book of Mark, walked all the way through it, and it only took about seven months. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, But today I'm going to share some things about our church uh, and what I see God doing in the minds and the hearts of our people even, the the expectations, desires, whatever you want to call them that people often express to me and to others and um, and just some things that have been said lately, some things that have happened lately that have just brought all this back to the forefront of our minds. And so we'll be in a series that kind of relates to this up through Easter. It's still kind of developing, haven't got it all laid out. And I'll be telling you about some really great elements to that that, that we're going to introduce uh, coming up. They'll take us to Easter, and then even after Easter, we'll be looking... To another book and where we're going to go from there and another book of the Bible to go through like we did through Mark. Um, but every year, it's really important in leadership and all this stuff. And they train, you know, you go to this training for pastors and about leadership and all these things. They always talk about every year, you got to put that out there in front of them, vision stuff, mission, your core values, that kind of stuff. And so it's important to look at that. I hear that, and so it's important to look at the vision of the church, where we're headed, given um, what we are to be about according to Scripture. You know, that's the big part of it. So we briefly talked about it some last year, like it was mentioned in some some talks I did, but um, mostly it's really been about since 2016 that I, I really just talked about vision, mission, that kind of stuff, and clarified back then. We actually clarified, repackaged all that stuff into the even so um, theme that we did back then, and so today's related to that. And so back then, you know, it became clear to us that we need to kind of say this a different way, still the same vision, same mission, same focus that God has always given us, but here's the just another way to say that, and so we clarified some of those things, and so we talked about how the world may be degrading, and things are seem to be getting worse and worse and worse, and um, discouraging, so much pain in the world, it seems like more often you lose than you win, and all these things that are hard in life, and even so... It may be that way, but even so, the church is alive and well and has the power to multiply. It's, it's a power that comes from God, given that he is about the business of building his church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I mean, that's, that's just, that's what this is all about. I mean, it's, it's the glory God gets out of redeeming us, making a people for himself, and then us being the church the way he has designed us to be during this time here, here on this earth that we have. And there are so many barriers that hinder people from discovering their next step with God. But at TCAR, we want to say, yeah, those barriers are real. There are issues, there are things that, that are hard to get through. But even so, when Jesus shows up, things change. And those barriers are overcome. And that vision came really from a scripture um, I can still vividly remember. Uh, I, had, I had been listening to this, to a song through, through Passion. I think Christian Stanfield sings it. It was a song Even So back then, 2016. It, it was, had been out a long time, but it had really come back to me. And I remember waking up at like 5 a.m. in the morning, and we had been talking about you know, repackaging vision and all that stuff. And I remember waking up and I just started writing. Okay, and if you know me, you're like, God must have really been moving to get you up and make you write at five in the morning. Okay, 
Yes, and that doesn't mean you're any more spiritual if God wakes you up at 5 a.m. It just happened to be when it happened. And it just and it just started going through my and I just started writing, thinking about it, the scripture with that song, and it just happened. And and so Revelation twenty two seventeen says the spirit and the bride. Who's the bride? The church, right? Us, those who are part of the bride of Christ, say come, and let the one who hears say come. So it goes not only from the spirit and the bride, but all of a sudden this person you have invited, they're turning around and saying it's people, right? And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. How is it without cost? Because Jesus paid for it, right? So we are the bride, so we invite. We invite people to come to drink the water of life for themselves and so many people here, like, you know, sitting here, if you have had that experience yourself, life-changing, eternity-changing, you know, even so moments, you know that because Jesus came and changed you. And now that you have heard, May you say, even so, come to as many people as you can. That really became the heart of it. That is our cry and our longing to see Christ return. Not only to see him return, but that through the Holy Spirit, he would invade people's lives now and they'd be changed now. And so today our prayer has been that you would get a great picture of what Christ, who is the head of the church, has called T-Car to be, to do, in order to see more of these even so moments happen for people. Have you noticed, I don't, I don't know, if, maybe you haven't noticed and that's the problem, okay, but like I, I've really been beating the drum of sharing the gospel and evangelism for probably a year now, okay? So I'm waiting for it to take hold. That's my. That's been my prayer for like the past at least year. I mean, I just, I can't get, not beat that drum in a sermon anymore. And, and so, like I said, hopefully you've noticed, but if you haven't, maybe that's the way to get me off of that drum, which is not one I'll probably ever get off of, is if we start doing it, then I don't have to talk about it that much. You guys will talk about it more than I do, okay? That's what I'm hoping happens. But every church that follows the Bible and the truth of the gospel is part of the body of Christ. But each church also has a unique calling and personality. You notice that about churches? All of them are just a little bit different, and that's okay. All of them have their own kind of ways and really personality about them, a different way it reaches people. And so we're a a really unique church in Granger County, and not for the sake of just being different, but we're very, very intentional about being effective at what we're trying to do. So a lot of times people go, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? There's a hundred other churches you can go to that does that. We're trying to be effective with people who aren't being reached. So there's reasons we don't do things that a lot of the churches may do. Okay? And so, and we're trying to be intentional about discipling our kids and getting parents involved with kids and and. And there's a lot of intentionality at what we try to push, even though it may not be the most attractive model to people, okay? Because sometimes that can be tough, you know, to try to get people to do things that the Scripture says we should be doing when the world is warring against you, right? But we're trying to be effective at our mission, Um, and just as it would be, you know this, boring and uncreative for us to all look alike and sound alike and have the same personality so God is creative in his in his creativeness he has made different kinds of churches not different faiths it's one faith as far as his church is concerned but many personalities of churches okay but before I get into more about specifically how that is for us, I want to address the issue of why vision is so important. Okay, just briefly do that, and then we'll break down the vision statement. So this is kind of like a insert, three or four paragraphs about, that's like, kind of like a seminary class, 
abbreviated version uh, about vision. So there's an amazing way that God is using you, T-Card, to, to build community, to serve, and to reach here and really around the world, okay? So here we go. Proverbs 29:18 says, and this is the New American Standard Bible. That is what I always read from when I'm up here unless I tell you otherwise, okay? It says, where there is no vision, or you can say revelation, your Bible may say revelation, the people are unrestrained. They go all sorts of directions, okay? But happy is he who keeps the law or the word. Happy is someone who is obedient, follows God and his given direction, okay? Vision, mission, and core values are, like I said, key aspects of, of leadership. To know where you're leading, however, you got to first know where you're going, okay? So seeking God through prayer and his word are vital to a clear vision. So I often use this example, okay? What, what do people need to know about when, when you're leading them, okay? So here's this 100-piece puzzle. If I were to say, um, Randy, put this together. What do you really need? That's well. I mean, what do you, what else would help? A lot. The the top of the box that has the pictures. You know what? Where you're going? Like, what is this? Right? What's what's it look like in the end? There's all these pieces. See, and I could even do this if I took a couple pieces out. Right? Sit here, put this together. I mean, that's that's a lot of churches, right? There's no picture of where they're going. There's a lot of things not, you know, people not doing things they need to be doing. There's pieces missing to the puzzle. And and so it's hard to get there, right? I mean, if you had, and, and vision is really a lot like this. It's Daniel in the lion's den. See, we really are really spiritual. We have biblical puzzles, Okay. Now, there are some polar bears and stuff back there. I started to grab it. Um, but, but this would make it a lot easier, right? So, so that's, that's a simple explanation of, that's why, that's why God says in his word here in Proverbs 29 and 18, when you don't have the box top, man, people start putting the puzzle together in all kinds of ways because they think that, oh, I think it's this. Oh, I think it's that. Oh, I think it's this. And they, it's like being in a rowboat and everybody's rowing in different directions. You're just going spin around the circuit, you're not going to get where you're trying to go, right? Everybody's got to be rowing in the same direction. So that's, that's vision and mission. That's why it's so important. Any organization anymore you go into, I don't care if it's a, down here in Rutledge Police Department or some doctor's office or Hardee's, it doesn't matter. You look around, you'll find a vision and mission statement and their values, right? I mean, it's just that important. To really, it's a biblical principle that we see here in Proverbs 29, 18. So there are three components that help us with that picture. And you've heard me say them. The vision lets people know where you're going and why they should go there, right? Mission lets people know what to do right now to move toward that vision. And core values establish guidelines for how they will do what we're going to do, okay? So, so vision. Vision is not in replacement of nor overriding the biblical mandates given to the church in Scripture. The church should be, among other things, practicing holy living, carrying on the work of Christ, and ministering to one another, proclaiming the gospel and making disciples, and worshiping the risen Lord as a, as a body together. Vision is not your statement of beliefs or your declaration of your doctrine, although informed by them but never contrary to them, okay? So a key element of leadership is being able to cast vision, cast vision to, or point people in the direction you're leading. This gives them a picture of what the intended destination or desired outcome looks like. Vision motivates, creates unity, empowers, and makes people more generous. It's a picture of the future that produces commitment and momentum in your church. Okay, this is all seminary type stuff. We, you know, teach, we go to, when we go to Honduras, we teach them this stuff and Hey, you, you, need to, you need to be able to do this. One of my favorite qu quotes, which is on my door in my office, um, 
is, is a quote by a guy named Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Wouldn't you like to have to sign that name? Um, but he said, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. They want to get out there. You won't have to tell them. They'll get to work, right? If they long to be on the sea, they're going to build a boat, okay? And that's, if you love Jesus, you're going to long to do the things he says we're to do, right? And it makes, it makes it easier. So, so I, I continually try to point you towards Jesus and say, because of him, this is why we do these things, Right? We want you to yearn for Christ and his return and yearn for Christ to come into the lives of those around you. And I know if you lock onto that, I'm not going to have to beat a drum of evangelism, like I said. And when you value Christ as a discovered, priceless treasure hidden in a field, then you'll do everything you can to have him and want others to experience the same. And so when we all long for the vision God has given us together, we start to do our part, we get over ourselves, we get over each other, right? And the things we pick on with each other, and we do everything we can to see the work of accomplishing the vision, okay? Satan wants nothing more than to create division to stop visions like he gives the church, like God gives the church and cause the church to lose sight of the vision. When we have all have a common goal, we can get past each other and work together. But if there is no vision, we focus on what we want, and we all want different things, and we work against each other, right? Or someone tries to hijack or rise up or cast a different vision, and we end up rowing in different directions, and the boat sits still, okay? So that's the whole thing about vision that we try to teach. That's the end of the seminary class part of that. So let's, I want to look at our vision real quick, okay? And, and what we cast back in 2016, so you understand this, you've probably seen it on a t-shirt around here or one of the signs or, or somewhere about community serving and reaching, okay? The first part is building community on the foundation of Jesus. That's important to us. Say that with me. Building community on the foundation of Jesus. Okay, you're still awake. That's good, most of you. We want to see every community possible be healed and brought together by the influence and the power of Jesus Christ. It's not just, we'll talk about the two aspects. There's the community of believers, but there's also the believers in the community. And the Bible speaks of that as well. We know the world doesn't have the answers to make our communities better. As much as we all enjoy presidential debates and all that stuff, deep down they really don't have the answers. Okay? More laws are not going to solve the human heart problem. I'm not discrediting all that, okay? God has set forth, put people in place, and, I, and I'm not trying to discredit. We, we have to, it's, not, it's a necessary thing to our world today. There's governments, there's businesses, there's all these things. So I don't want it to sound like I'm against all that. It's just I think sometimes we put too much hope in the wrong place. And our hope is in Christ. And we all work together to try to make our world a better place. But ultimately, people's problems are spiritual problems. They're not government problems, health problems, whatever problems, right? Educational problems. It's good to get people better education. It's good to get better health care. not saying that, that stuff's wrong. And we need to work towards those things, I think, to help, help serve people. But I think we... Again, we just put too much stock in that and get too tore up over that. We're more interested in pushing our candidate than we are pushing Jesus. And I just wish as Christians we would do more to say, I'd rather talk about Jesus than some of the stuff that goes on, you know? And so that's just that's my thing with that, okay? I'll get off that soapbox. But we need to know deep down there's a spiritual issue, Okay? And as we become engaged in, in serving and forgiving and loving people in our community, it changes people in the community, which eventually starts to change the whole community, right? 
And so we don't want our community to change us. We believe we have the power to change our community, not just for the good, but for the great, all because of, of the God who changed us and uses us for the same purpose. So we have always looked in our church back to the very beginning. This was very influential in my life, the Acts 2 church, how, how the early church was. People that have been around here since we started, it's like, yeah, that, the Acts 2 thing has been very, I mean, we've had entire retreats just about the Acts 2 community and based off of that, and I, I can remember so many of those things, and it's, it's always been something that awakened in me just like it did. You can, you can go back through, through many, many pastors, um, the whole thing of Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle, all those guys, Bill Hybels was one that cast it that they heard it from, that I heard it from, and Bill Hybels heard it from um, a, a professor of his when he talked about the Acts 2 community, and it, was, it, just, it just lit me up the way that I understand it lit them up and caused them to you know, plant churches and do things, and, and it just was amazing. And it informs us of what we should be doing, and we can see this in here. So let's read Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, which is a deeper thing than just hanging out and having breakfast for dinner, right? It's, it's much deeper than that, um, even though that is a wonderful thing. It really is. Um, I used to have some biscuits and gravy about 7 o'clock in the evening. That's just an, it's awesome with eggs and a good slice of tomato. Like, you're all going, shut up, let's go eat somewhere. So I understand that, okay? It's good. So it's deeper than just hanging out and eating together, having some cookies and Kool-Aid and that kind of stuff, you know. Let's go down to the fellowship hall, and you hang out with, you, you know, for a few minutes and then hit the door, right? It's, it's, te- it's, it's deeper relationship stuff than that. So devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So it's this Christ-centered community, okay? Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. That's, that's the crazy thing right there, right? And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. This is not a forced government program. This is a I love you and I'm serving Christ program, right? Okay? And those are two different programs, okay? As anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. So this is where we get, we gather like this together in the temple for the apostles' teaching, okay? Big service kind of stuff like this one mind in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. And breaking bread's a little deeper than what we initially think because that's, that's more Lord's Supper communion type stuff of sharing in Christ together. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. That's an important statement too, okay? And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Not just great community of believers together, Yes, we have that, fellowship, doing life together, crying on each other's shoulders, uh, laughing with each other, celebrating with each other. You have babies, you celebrate, you get married, it's all of us celebrating together. You know, things happen and we, we laugh with each other, but then, you know, there's people who have just come through funerals and you cry together and, and tragedies happen. And so we, we walk through all that together, not just... The community within the church, within the body of Christ, which you see that, okay, that's important, but also says having favor with all the people. That's an interesting statement. The community was actually glad they were there, right? Now, you can't control all of that, right? You you see this many times in Scripture, though, where the children of Israel and they're following God the other nations would be amazed at them and, and their God and would, would actually uh, be seen as a, this amazing group of people. And they would be so amazed by them, they'd go borrow money from them. They'd go, like, they'd, they're like, these are favorable people. We want to be involved with them, right? It wasn't that they agreed on everything or believed the same thing. Obviously, they didn't. 
It was just the love and mercy and servanthood that came from these people was overwhelming to the community. Aren't going to agree on everything, especially in our world today, in our community today. We're not going to agree on everything. But as a church, we've tried to do that. We have for years served in our local community and reached out to everyone. And it has shaped who we are and how people see our church, right? That's why we do summer service projects and push that. Emphasize constant awareness on how to help people in your community, those kind of things, how to come alongside even our government. I mean, that's why we do things like the chaplain program. It's, there's all kinds of things that, that we just see as this, these are ways we can come alongside. I just had the conversation with a, a teacher this week of we've never wanted to be in charge of anything. We just want to look at our community and say, how can we help? We're not trying to tell you how it should be best. Think we know everything? We just want to look at people and go, how can we help you? Right? How do we serve? And so, how to come alongside government, service personnel, schools, and other organizations to help them see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven, as Scripture says. It's why relationships and authenticity are important to us. We want people to feel welcome here or wherever we're at that anyone is around us. Warm and inviting atmosphere where people can be themselves, be loved. TCAR has a great sense of community inside the church and outside the church built on the foundation of Jesus. That's what that first part's all about. Number two, making disciples who serve. Great commission says what? Go and make disciples, right? You will be my witnesses, Acts 1-8, right? I will make you fishers of men. All of those things, commands, we're to do this, okay? True devoted followers of Jesus who understand it's not just fire insurance for people, right? But it's giving everything to Jesus because he's worth it because he's just that good, right? There's one trait of a true disciple that stands out in Scripture above everything else. It's the number one way Jesus described a disciple of his, if you've been around here long, you know this, because I say it all the time, right? More than anything else, he would say a follower of his is a servant. And at TCAR, we believe the greatest aspect of a Christ follower, follower is their willingness and desire to serve others. Not out of duty, not out of have to, right? But seeing people find extreme joy in serving others. So we don't want to guilt people into serving. Like, I, I, don't, I don't like that technique, you know. Like, if I go back there and I'll, you know, have Amber come in here, my little girl, and put her up here and say, look, this is Amber. She's five, getting ready to turn six, right? And we're short teachers back in the back for her classroom. And now you know it's important for little Amber, right, to know Christ and to be taught every week and... If you don't do that, then statistically it's shown. It's like if she doesn't get that kind of teaching, and especially from her church, she's likely to end up in all kinds of trouble in school. She might fail in her grades. She might even fall into drugs and end up in jail one day, all because you didn't serve in the children's department back here for little Amber. Yeah, Amber, you can go on back. Now, who wants to serve back in the back, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's... Right? That's, that's, that's the guilt process, right? I'm going to guilt you into it. It's all your fault because all these kids are getting ruined lives because you wouldn't serve back there because you wouldn't serve them goldfish crackers and tell them Bible stories. Okay, I'm oversimplifying, right? But there, there's some truth to that about adults being involved in their lives and we can give you all the statistics about how that works and that's why I appreciate so many people that do serve back there and get, and get to really be around the kids, even if it's just serving goldfish crackers and hanging out, just being an assistant in a class. People who come during the week and set things up and help us with those things. There's all kinds of jobs that go on back there that the most part all of us are unaware of that goes on. The lesson preparation, the... Um, I, I just have to say, she's not in here, but my wife is amazing, Okay. 
I just love what she does to keep that going, the Wednesday night kids stuff going, the music on Sunday mornings, okay? Y'all should just fire me and hire her part full time, okay? Um, it's just incredible. But she can't do that all by herself, okay? That's why she's up here singing and then she's back there right now, right? And so we, we need people to help serve back there. But we don't want you to do it out of guilt. We want you to go, I love Jesus. I want to serve other people. It's not about me. And how can I use how God has shaped me to, to go back there and help, right? Whether you have kids or grandkids or whatever or not, right? That are back there. But it's about serving. But we don't want to guilt people into it. You can have a huge impact on these kids. So, so it's about team. Everyone doing their part. And when they do, it doesn't make it hard on everybody else, right? You're here because God brought you here to be a part of the body of Christ because he went, this person has certain gifts, abilities, things I've given them, whatever it is, I've brought them here to this church for a reason, to be a part of this body of Christ, to serve in a certain way, to bring something to the table that, that, that I want that church to have. I mean, you're here for, you're answered prayer. We pray for people. God send us people who will work with kids. God send us. And there's also that prayer that says, God send us whoever it is that needs to be doing whatever it is that we don't know about that will make our church what you want it to be. I mean, there's just, we want to find out what, why God brought you here and, and turn you loose doing it, okay? So God brought you here for, for a reason. So it's this idea of this, okay? Because when you, when you use your gifts, talents, all that stuff, you know, you do that at work. You need to share that at church too and with your community to help make it better, not just make something for yourself. But a lot of people, you know, they, they think personal evangelism and you go, I'm throwing a fishing pole and I'm catching a fish and I'm feeding my family. But when you come together as the body of Christ, we do things together here on Sunday morning, projects in the community, whatever it may be, that's like us all grabbing a net. So instead of that one fish that just got caught, we feed a whole community of people with the net that we just threw because we're all around the net, throwing the net. So it's a, it's a different thinking, okay? So not only are there many things to do in serving your community, but right here in the church, which advances the mission of the church exponentially when you start serving. So like I said, we need people and kids stuff. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. That's usually what we all do. Somebody else will volunteer. You can do that. We need people who can work sound and computers and play instruments. Like these, these guys are not grandfathered in that like they have these positions and nobody else can touch them. Okay. Right. I mean, if you can pay, play keyboard or guitar or sing or whatever it is, if you can, okay? Not if you think you can. That is, this isn't like American Idol, okay? But if you really can, okay, then, then we want to, and you just, you just come, one, I'll talk to you one Thursday night. We'll come, sit, listen to you play, and we'll say, man, that was great. We'd let, or we'll say, just keep singing in the shower. It's okay, right? <laughs> Let's, let's, you know, let's figure out what God's really gifted you to do because this obviously isn't it, right? We just go that way. But God's gifted all of us to do something. It just may not be that, okay? So we need people who can do that, make videos and good with computers and tech and all that stuff, okay? Campus care team, there's people who are good at building stuff and repairing stuff, all that kind of thing. They know how things work, um, so it's that kind of aspect of there's things that you can do here in the body of Christ and then things we can do together in the community. I love what Francis Chan said once he spoke about the, the things that we look back on in history in our churches, you know, throughout church history. You can kind of look back and go, okay, that was weird during that era. Okay, that was weird during that era. Okay, why did they do it? Like, you know, you think back to things like, you know, and you think how could it have been that way? Like, over in Europe, you can still find churches that have the little slits in the wall where the lepers 
weren't allowed inside the church, so they'd make them stand outside and look through those little, those little eye holes in the church. That way they could see in and listen. They couldn't come in, right? The crusades, selling indulgences, you can buy your way into heaven. The church had an era of that, right? Burning people for their belief in baptism and the Lord's Supper. I mean, every, every era of the church has these things we look at and, and can go, well, that was strange. How did, they, how did they ever think that or get into that, right? And so Francis Chan, I loved when he said this. He said, what, what do you think it'll be for our church era in, the, in America? What will it be that people look back on 100 years from now or however long and go, well, that was strange. How did they ever think that was the way you're supposed to do that? Right? And he said this. I think, and I agree with him. I think they'll look back at some point and go, the consumerism. Like, how did they, you know, how did that ever happen that we thought that way, that people left a church because of music style? Or they had arguments over color of the carpet or whether it was too hot or too cold or, you know, there was a better church they liked more down the road. I mean, I mean, really? Like that's 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 an, and it so invades our mindset. Our world, we're so consumer driven, right? Well, they weren't getting fed. Is what I, you know. I hear people they'll say make comments about other churches, or they'll even I've had people in the past say it here. I'm just not getting fed. Which, when people say that to me it really means they won't read the Bible for themselves is what's going on, right? It's, it's usually, so I'm going, so you don't know how to feed yourself? Okay, like if you're hungry, you know where the fridge is, right? Okay, well, the Bible is your fridge, okay? And if you're not getting fed, it's because you're not, you're trying to put some dinner in the microwave and it just isn't real, it ain't got a lot of vitamins to it, Okay. You're, you're nutritionally in, not happening because you just aren't taking the time to feed yourself, to cook a meal and eat it, okay? So that's where that is at. I know that comes off rude, but it's just, it's true. Like, at some point you transition into, I'm no longer on milk, I got to get to the meat and I know how to feed myself, okay? And it's a transition of consumer mindset. So it's, it's what being a member at TCAR does. That's why so many people go to class 101 and about half join, right? Because they get in there and they go, oh, i got to go from consumer to contributor. And I'm going from what's in it for me to why has God got me here for the church? That's the step of membership. You move from being a consumer to a contributor because we're trying to make disciples who serve. It's part of the vision, okay? So that goes with it, Okay. So that's, that's what that is about, making disciples who serve. And then that last part of community, serving, reaching. Reaching as many people as possible wherever we're called for the glory of God. Glory of God. And it starts, so, so as you hear this, it starts and it ends with God. Building community on the foundation of Jesus and, and doing this for God's glory in the end. It means doing things outside the box. Things that other people might not be willing to do. Right? I love Craig Rochelle, his statement's one of the best I've ever heard. He says, We'll do anything short of sin to reach people with the gospel. Right? Reaching as many people as possible means doing things with excellence, not half hearted. But yet we're 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 real, willing to go a little further than probably other people are willing to go. Listen to Paul in First Corinthians nine, nineteen through twenty three. He says this. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. I mean, you just chew on that for a while, right? I mean, meditate on that the rest of the week. To win as many people as possible. That whole statement. I'm free. I don't have to do this. Christ has set me free. Free from sin, death. I'll live forever. I'm eternally secure. So I don't really, ha- I don't have to do anything. But based on the fact that he loves me so much and he died for me, I'm telling you, I have made myself a slave to everyone because I want to reach them for Christ so they can have what I have. That I, that I can win as many as possible. Okay? 
This is where I'll finally start to preach, okay? Because I love this stuff, okay? To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. I love all this language in here because it gets into the old, old covenant, new covenant. Had to follow all this stuff before, free in Christ now. So there's things I don't have to do anymore, but there's things that, that are still important. So as to win those under the law. To, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. I love how it changes from God's law, talking about Old Testament law, to now I'm following Christ and how he has fulfilled the law, right? It's, there's a whole sermon in there, okay? I don't have time for it. So listen to what he says, though. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak I became weak. Why? To win the weak, okay? I have become all things to all people, so that by all, notice this word in there, possible means, that means there are some ways that aren't possible. I love Craig Rochelle's statement, I'll do anything short of sin to win people to Christ, okay? So that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've really been called to some places I, I really didn't want to go. I, I mean, my family still looks at me crazy about why in the world are you going back to Honduras? Okay. But I'm, I'm glad uh, these places I've been called that I, after I get there and I'm obedient, I'm glad I go, right? From a bar, salon, saloon, salon, saloon, whatever that was, down on the strip by UT on Cumberland, okay? Listen to a band, and this guy that was the lead singer, guitarist for that band, did it trying to reach this guy for Christ. Go down there at 11 o'clock at night, get home about 3.30 a.m. We thought he was like the second or third band that was going to play. He was the last one to play, right? But you, I didn't want to be there, but I went with someone with me for accountability, right? Didn't want to go to Honduras, Back before we went to Honduras, early in our church, I was like, man, I want to go be in the 1040 window. I want to go to Africa. That's where I want to go. I, th- I think I'll, our church needs to be there and do something there. But God, I'm glad God led us to Honduras, okay? And see many people saved, see churches planted, get to see Tony baptized the first male in the church in Singizapa. He was the first guy in that church baptized. First guy. It was all women before that. Isn't that awesome to get to experience that? In the end, we want God to be glorified in all we do. It's all about Him. We want to point people to Jesus and how great He is and how He changes things. There are so many barriers that keep people, that hinders people from discovering their next step with God. And we at TCAR want to say, yeah, those things exist. We understand. But even so, when Jesus shows up, things change. And those barriers can be overcome. I mean, you know as well as I do, you've seen people that you thought never, ever, ever would come to Christ. They'll never get it. Man, they're so far down that road. That it's just not going to happen. But you, you've seen it happen and been like, oh, oh my gosh, that's amazing that that person would turn to Christ. I mean, there are, there's not anybody beyond Christ's reach. We just can't give up on them. And we gotta, we got to be Revelation twenty two seventeen. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, let the one who hears, that's us, say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. Let, hey, just, you just got to experience We just got to keep putting that out there, right? We are the Bride, so we invite. We invite you to come. Drink the water of life for yourself. We want to see one more person saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. To see one more small group formed in biblical community. I'm, I, want, I want 
listen, we've lost sight of that, I think, in our small groups. It's not just to get more people and have more kumbaya moments in our small groups. We love each other so much and we like being together. I get that. That's the goal. That's what we want you to do. And that's the paradox of small groups. It's like we want y'all to do community and get so close together, so close, and it grows so much that then we ask you to give birth. That's what's going on with Jessica. She can say, oh, I love my kids I've got. I love my husband. We're great. No, we want, we, want the, we want the family to get bigger, okay? And sometimes to get bigger, right, you got you to give birth to a new group of a new small group. So some people that step out and say, we're going to multiply and do another group. I'm so willing to, to step out of my small group and go do this because I'm so willing to do that because I see what this group has and there's so many more people out there that need it. So I'm willing to go serve and sacrifice become a slave to everyone so that I can win some, right? To see one more small group planted for biblical community, to see one more service so that others can worship in spirit and truth, to see one more church planted in North America and in Honduras so that one more community is engaged with the gospel. And yes, even so that we may say, come Lord Jesus and see the day as we watch for his return. Now that you have heard, may you say, even so come to as many people as you can. That's our cry and our longing to see Christ return soon and see him change lives now. Okay? So to do that, that's all vision stuff. That's, but mission says build community. Are you part of a small group? At TCAR, serving with them and the community that we live in? Are you serving? If not, pick up one of those cards in the back of the chair and just fill it out right now and put down, hey, I want to serve. We'll contact you. Come see me. Come see Nikki. Come see Rita. Okay? Email me. Call me today. If you don't do it today, you most likely won't. Okay? But don't you think that's why you're here? God brought you here for a reason. This is not the comfortable consumer Christianity place that wants to make you happy and we're okay with you being an apathetic Christian. Safe place to hear a dangerous message, but we're going to push you out of that apathetic mode, okay? That's the uncomfortable part. This church needs you, and you are answered to prayer, okay? We've said that. And then that reach part, are you ready to do some things you haven't done before? Talk to some people you haven't talked to before? Talk to people and open up spiritual conversations? Learn how to do that if you don't know how? to go to the community, maybe even another nation? Would you be willing to be used to invite those who are thirsty to drink of the water of life for free? That would bring God some amazing glory right there. So two things I want to share from you, with you from my heart about some things that God's kind of pushed me on. And um, they're just tools for us to use to succeed in the vision that God has given us, okay? They're just simply tools. And so um, the first one is I pulled this thing back out of my office and things have transpired that, that have really brought this back to my mind and started thinking about all this stuff again and we haven't talked about it in a while. But it's made me remember that we have been so blessed and know that it's a tremendous gift of God to sit on the property that we sit on. And, and I think we, I discount that a lot because I've seen so many churches um, feel like they move from, and we'll talk about this in the coming weeks, they, we, we, we were a pioneering church. That was our spirit. It's always been our spirit is we're going to start a church. And so we... we we want to get in the school and have service there. We end up at Kingswood. Then we move down here. We're just pioneering in every phase, right? But then you get in a place like this and you go from pioneers to settlers, right? And we can't be settlers. And that's why in the past I've hated buildings. I've been, the traditional churches I've been in before, I hated the building programs. I did. I just did because it was like this is settler mentality, Okay. And 
and, and I always, I'm just a pioneer at heart, and I think Christians should be that way. Whatever it takes to reach people, right? Not whatever it takes. It's not about longevity. Okay, that's the longevity and the goal. It's have I discovered what I was made for, and am I living it? Right? I mean, it's, it's impact. It's not longevity. And so this building that we sit on, the 14 and a half acres we own here, I don't know if you know that, it's 14 and a half acres, okay? Lots of things, um, <coughs> conversations that have reminded us of how God placed us here and gave us the opportunity to do some amazing things here that would position us to reach more people. Um, this picture has been hanging in my office for a long time. I want it out of my office, and it's going to come back over here, okay, because I think we need to see that more often and remember and, and look toward, okay, even though uh, things change, like we had to build this building here instead of build the building that's on this piece of property. So, like, as you look at this, we're sitting in a building down here at the end of this piece of property. That's where the original building up on the hill was to be, okay? And so because we had to move real fast, all that kind of got sidetracked. But this still, this still lives, okay? And so there's a lot there that, that needs to be done. But it has reminded me, this picture hanging in my office, I want it over here. It shows a picture of what could be and the things that could be going on to help develop relationships with people to serve our community. This, this was designed with the thought in mind, what will best, how can we use this property to best serve the community? That was the, that was the heart behind all of this. I mean, even the little amphitheater on the back of the church building was, well, it'd be cool for the community to have an outdoor place like that that they could use to do some little concerts, whatever, whatever it may be, Right? It was how do we serve the community? This, I want this to come back over here and us to, to get it. The original building, um, I'll get those plans out sometime and lay those out. But that's still the plan for our future, okay? That's still the thought and the plan and the vision God gave us, and it's still valid and it's still the plan. How soon depends on how our people respond to the way God prompts you, Okay? That's just, that's just his working and, and how people respond, okay? And we're going to uh, do this. We're going to make a board. I talked to our board of directors, which is the deacons and the staff together. And I talked to them, and I was like, I'd like to make a, a board. I've seen this done at my kid's school, and it was very effective, sponsoring classrooms, doing that kind of thing. Make a board, put it in here in this room somewhere that just has little tabs that you can pull off. You put an envelope. You put your money in there. You put whatever it is. Um, that we can tell you how to do that online, and you turn it in, and you sponsor that part. And that's that's from, um, and and we're gonna have this board that'll show needs around the church from small classroom needs, because I get asked this a lot. I really do. People will ask me, hey, I just I don't really know what the church needs, or I'd, I'd help do something. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it on a poster, okay? And so it'll always be there, and you'll know what you can do from small to big from needs in our classrooms, children's youth ministry needs, sponsoring a kid to go to camp, those kind of things, all the way to, hey, let's, we not, may not be able to do this whole thing right now, but somebody could sponsor a, a basketball court, and we can go ahead and put it in, right? Somebody could sponsor some playground part or some, or the soccer field or whatever it is. There's pieces it could do, all the way up to paying off our loan, which is about 240000 right now. It's what we owe on all this, okay? Originally, it was up towards $340,000, something like that. So we've done well in paying that down, but we still owe that. And you think, well, <laughs> that's pretty big. I've seen it done before. And if people don't know, somebody walks in here, doesn't know, they don't, they don't have the opportunity to even do it. But it's happened before, okay? But you'll simply pull that project off the board. You want a sponsor, turn it in and take care of it. And a piece at a time, 
we work towards the vision that God has given us for what we're doing here, okay? The vision for this land, okay? And number two, this is what I'm most excited about, okay? Like, this, like, lit a fuse in me, and I was like, we're doing that because it's awesome. And I, I saw something a church did back in 2015 that was most excellent. Like my verbiage there, okay? I think it will be a visual to keep in our minds the importance of reaching people, okay, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to make a display. I've already talked to one guy. We're, this is a process, okay, figuring out what's the best way to do this, but it's possible. I want to make this display and hang it in here as well. That will be the name of Jesus, okay, spelled out in light bulb sockets, okay? We've already got a thought process on how this will work. We just need to get it put together. I know a lot of you are in there already, like, flipped out a piece of paper and drawn some stuff. We'll make this board, hang it up. It'll be a big display, light bulb sockets. Um, and each time you lead someone to Christ or they come here after you have built a relationship with them, you've invited them to church and Jesus calls them out and they surrender to him, that family member or friend of yours will walk up to that board with those empty light bulb sockets and pull a light bulb out of a basket and screw it into that board and watch the name of Jesus light up. Okay? And one light bulb at a time, that name will be spelled out. I don't care how long it takes, but we want to light up the name of Jesus with all those individual people that, that can be reached with the gospel. Okay? We will watch Jesus light up as people come to him. And I want to keep I want to keep it up till that name is fully lit up. Okay? One bulb at a time. Jesus is the light of the world, and we want to make his name above every name. It is the name that's above every name. We want his name to be glorified in this place. So I hope are you are you with me on that one? Would you like to see that? Or is it just me? Okay? Then you need to be praying and inviting people and ready to share your faith with someone that God has brought into your life, into your path. They've brought you into that person's life for that reason. Do you realize there's people around you in your life that are specifically God brought people into your life because God's wanting you to reach them and share with them and tell them, love them, serve them, and show them what it means. And that's just why they're there, okay? So I hope that means something to you. And we will be introducing more about those displays in the weeks to come. And I pray that you will see what TCAR is all about. Get a picture of what Jesus is doing in building this church so that you can move with us in that direction, Okay? You're welcome to come look at this afterwards. I'll answer any questions you have about it. But it's, there's story beyond story beyond story about the things that have happened here, how we even acquired the land, um, just so many things that have happened. I could, t- I, could tell you, I could tell you endless stories. And all of it goes, only God could do that. And so we need to not let that just fall to the wayside. You need to stay on track. And so I pray you see what we're doing and, and you get on board with it. So let's pray. I would first say, before we start praying with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'd just say to, to you guys, maybe there's someone here, those who are thirsty, as that scripture said, looking for life in things and people that can't give it to you. You can just turn to Jesus right now. And I just pray that you do that and find real satisfying life in him. Let us put you on the list starting today as one of the first who will light that board up. Who will light the name of Jesus up because of what he has done for you. And so right now you just, it's just all about repentance and surrender, which just simply means, God, I'm turning from myself and my sin and I'm turning to you. 
Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sin that I could be forgiven of my sin. I praise you for raising Jesus from the dead. So thankful for that, that I could have new life, that he defeated death on my behalf. That I too could have a resurrected life. And so you just repeat, turn to him. Jesus, I was Lord of my life. And now I want, I'm following you. You are now Lord of my life. And you just surrender all that to him. God, everything I am, everything I have, is, it's yours. Father, I pray for others here. If you're a believer, I just pray, Father, that those believers here, that they would see that it's time to get off the bench and in the game. Father, that they would be a part of community and serving and reaching. I pray they would search you out and say, God, as you've gifted me and the things you've brought, why have you brought me here and what am I supposed to be doing to serve? And I pray, Father, that you would move people into your joy, that they would love you and that that love would compel them to do whatever it takes for your namesake. Make them complete, Father, in your in unity with this body of believers, this community of faith. Father, let them find what you made them for in serving and reaching all for the name of Jesus. And so it's in his name we pray. Amen.